That's right, the championship loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, with second to none. Go ahead and let that music play just a little bit longer. Go ahead, go over there, man. Yeah. You're listening to A Gray, Commission Radio Show. And you know, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, with second to none. And we're thinking about you because it is time to roll with the Commission Radio Show. That's it, that's it, that's it. I can do any intro, baby. You do my championship, then I roll like that. I mean, you know, I just roll that land like that, you know, like that, you know, hey. But you know what we're talking about on this radio show? We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about being local here. And you can't be no more local than Glen Heights, Texas. Glen Heights, Texas. So we have right here, we have Miss Shante Allen, who is running for mayor of Glen Heights, Texas. As you can see, we have the sign right now. We got it uh, placed discreetly here on the table so the camera angle can get it totally in itself. Now, see, told you, nothing is left by, you know, works by design. Everything's working by design. So uh, we have you uh, set up on two angles here. So uh, we are very happy to be here with you as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and share this. You, you on Facebook now? You you on Facebook? You sharing it already? Okay, so we're going to go ahead and share it on some other platforms because, as you know, Facebook as a whole is uh, Facebook as a whole has has tried to ban shadow ban and shadow banning means that anything of substance in the African American community or, or or quite possibly if you're a Democrat or a Republican, no, no matter where it is, if they don't particularly like it, whoever's uh, shadowing you. Uh, they said, well, we won't put this out there for you. But, you know, that's how we are going to go ahead and do it. We're going to start with this interview. Tell us about yourself. Hey, wait a minute. What did you think about we, we were first on Instagram. Yes. And that was your first time ever being on Instagram. Instagram Live, yes. Yeah, we're live. And what did you think of that experience? It's, um, it's Instagram. It's Instagram. <laughs> See, you, Instagram. So we did from Instagram. So <laughs> now uh, we do the show, as you know. On Instagram first, and then we rotate over to uh, Facebook, and that's where we end. And then we recycle it back around a, a encore presentation, if you will, on YouTube. Yes. So there we go. All that said, <laughs> Glen Heights. Glen Heights, south of DeSoto, 35 East. Move closer to the mic there. I'll move her level up, please. Go ahead. All right, so my name is Shante Allen, and I am running for mayor of Glen Heights. I was elected in 2018, and I won over 60% of my votes. And so for the last four years, I have been moving and shaking all around the city, building relationships with other elected officials, and just really getting things done. And so um, earlier this year, couple of citizens asked me if I was running for mayor. Some asked me last year, I hadn't really thought about it, but they felt like that I had done a really great job in the city, and so I considered it, and I put my name on the ballot. Now, let me ask you this question. My mic level seems to be different from hers, so let's fix that. Uh, the uh, question and that I wanna ask you is that people honestly ask you where you're running? Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, last year I just ran for re-election for City Council Place 5, and that was November. 
I went out and was in the community, you know, doing different type of community events, and people kept saying, why didn't you run for mayor? Why didn't you run for mayor? Uh, when are you going to run for mayor? Because I'm on city council. <laughs> I have that seat. So you should have run for mayor. So, okay, well, let me think about it. Because it is a very different job. No. It, it depends on what type of council you're on, if it's a more aggressive council or not, but it is, it's a different job. Now, most politicians always say that, you know, you're not doing like that, like politicians do. They say, why are you running? They say, well, the reason why I'm running is because the people wanted me to run. It's like, the people didn't want you to run. You decided to run. Cause you, so this is true. This no, this, uh, that's right. Initially, people asked me to run. Yeah. So how big is Glen Heights? So we are seven square miles. We are around 18,000 people now. Seven square miles? Seven. Seven square seven. miles. Yes, so you say this is off of uh, uh this is off of. So uh, we are south of Desoto, and we are bordered by Ovilla, Lancaster, and Red Oak. Okay, Bear Creek is a one of the major. Bear Creek down to Ovilla Road. Bear Creek, thirty-five Ovilla Road and Cockerell. How long have you lived in? Uh, Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Yes. Would you live at before that? In Dallas. So you moved out to Glen Heights. Glen Heights, is, is that a, a black city? Or? Actually, so the story is that I initially lived in the Dallas area, mm -hmm. and I wanted to buy a house, and I wanted to buy a house in an affluent African-American neighborhood. And I asked around, and people told me Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and so I started looking for a house in that area. And uh, the first house I found, I bid on, I lost the bid. I saw a second house that I really liked, but the, the showing had DeSoto on one, and then the other sh uh, listing had Red Oak. And so when I went to visit it, I thought it was DeSoto, but it turned out to be Glen Heights. And that's because the city of Glen Heights as well as four other cities share a zip code with Red Oak. And so some people just get it mixed up. So how do you get your own zip code? You have to have 25,000 people in order to have your own zip code. Because that, that, that means that some people, and I know how that works, because we have a section in Grand Prairie that everybody swears to God they live, <laughs> they live somewhere else. Right, and that's it's correct. Like, so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in Lake Ridge, but I'm, I said, you're, you're, where, what's your address? It says Grand Prairie. I don't know why they're giving me stuff because I live in Cedar Hill. I said, no, you live in Grand Prairie. Right. It's why am I paying Grand Prairie taxes That's right. and I live in Cedar Hill? Because you live in Grand Prairie. Right. And it, I think Grand Prairie shares two or three zip codes, uh, zoning, school boards. Uh, I think in DeSoto, I can't remember if it's DeSoto or Duncanville but um, they share different districts and so that is it gets confusing yeah because uh, grand prairie goes all the way out there by you as a matter of fact it does. Mm -hmm. yeah and i know that because i served on the zoning board yes. so that yes. that's the title of the commission people think i just had a fly title now i actually did something for that fly that's title right. yeah it means that so what are you going to do once you get elected uh, so you can work with commissioners so what I'm hoping to do as mayor that I am not necessarily able to do as city council is to get into different types of spaces. When you are a mayor, they have cabinets and committees just for mayors. And so, of course, I'm not privileged to that um, at this time. 
I would also like to build better relationships with our regional and our county officials. My whole goal is to bring more physical and financial resources to our city. What kind of resources would you bring? I mean, now I, 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 I know people, a lot of people associate Glen Heights with, I'm driving down the freeway, sure. there's a liquor store, I can go to the liquor store. Oh my gosh. I mean, no, I mean, I, no, I know, I mean, see, <laughs> but they do. Yes. They do. Yes. And, and, and it brings a lot of tax dollars there. We have the number one source, yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I mean, nothing it wrong with true. that. It is yeah. true. And we get people from Dallas, Waco, all over at that liquor store. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it brings sales tax dollars. So, so this is where I'm going there with that conversation. Though it's not uh, not throwing it. Sure. As, as Gabe would say, he's younger than me. He came up with this word like throwing shade. And he gave me the definition of it. So, <laughs> so you know, hey, it's not like throwing shade or nothing like that. But uh, you know, what other you know businesses can you bring sure. in for seven square miles? Sure. Exactly. Yeah, because there's so only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. My vision is to be a sustainable city. That's number one. There are much smaller cities than Glen Heights. We do not have a grocery store. We do not have a school district. We do not have a bank. We have to have our own everything. We should not have to drive to another city. Even if it's just like a really good restaurant, you have to drive out to Cedar Hill, right? And so what I would like to do is to be able to bring in those types of resources. And as you said, we don't have a lot of space. And so we have to think differently. Maybe we have to build up, maybe we have to build over, uh, maybe we can share space, do some co-working spaces type of things, but there are options for us and so we really have to think in that, in that way because right now we're considered a bedroom community. Most of the areas out there are considered bedroom communities, which means that over 90% or around 90% of your city's revenue comes from property taxes, right? And so that's always going to be the objective of your city is to make sure that the developers are coming in and building those houses so you can keep getting that revenue. But if we look at it in a different way, then maybe we can bring in more retail. If you bring in more retail, then you can have more sales tax revenue. One of the other things that I'm looking at is if you can't bring in a lot of retail, what is the alternative to that? Because the more stores you bring in, the more traffic the more traffic, the more crime. So we could look at an entertainment district, right? And so when you think about entertainment, that's like the New Bronzeville or Arlington with Six Flags, you have some type of district where people are coming in, they're having fun, they're spending money, and you're getting those sales taxes from all around, but it's just in one spot. Right, so that's the whole point, like of a complex sort of thing. So seven square miles, seven and, square miles. and you have a lot of frontage road. We have oh, a lot of land, period. Period. Mm -hmm. Okay, so seven square miles, you have a lot of undeveloped land. Yes. Seven square miles and you have a lot of undeveloped land? Yes. Okay, so when you have this undeveloped land, let's go back on the frontage road. Sure. Frontage roads are, I'm sorry folks, I'm talking this zoning stuff to you. Frontage road. You see, I look at the camera, that's like I'm Bernie Mac, right? I'm looking at the camera like, hey, you tickled, right? But anyway, <laughs> stay focused, stay with me, stay with me. <laughs> stay with me. It's fun, but stay with me. Yeah, yeah, it's a teachable moment. Yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, thank you. I don't have that opportunity to do that that often. I'm no longer doing that that So I have to explain what a frontage road. 
So I'll talk to you instead of America. So uh, Frontage Road is is actually that, the, the, the side road of a freeway, a major right. road. So that being said, you have that, that space going to, what's the bordering city that's south of you? We are south of DeSoto. Well, south, no, I know you're south of DeSoto, but beyond you, south of that. Red Oak. Red Oak. So Red Oak. So you have a lot of space, and then on the other side of the freeway is uh, Lancaster. Yes. So you could build something alongside that freeway, but then the traffic flow down there, that's the, you guys are getting a lot of traffic down there. So because we are so late with these ideas, we have sort of missed our mark. We now have Loop 9 coming in. It's a tech stop project. Exactly. And Loop 9 is hoping to cut through the city to bring more retail alongside the Loop 9 frontage road. And on the other side of us, 35 and Ovilla, Red Oak, I'm not gonna say they took my idea, but they're building an entertainment district. So Red Oak building an entertainment district. Bowling alley, movie theater sort of thing. So it is possible, you just have to be able to think outside the box. Now, this Loop 9 project yes. that you're talking about, this has been on the, been on the well, it's been on the, planning for many years yeah. when I was a planning commissioner we talked about that because we forced we, we, we already saw that traffic flows were going to be so heavy absolutely on I-20 you, you three three o'clock on I-20 right. on any day you're going to be caught on the traffic jam right. so for example if I'm going at 20 and then I'm taking the south uh, right. to uh, interstate 35 mm -hmm. I'm stuck in traffic yeah. so in 10 more years if you guys don't do anything That's like right. that. That's right. And with all the 18-wheelers as well, traffic is always congested. So I think that initially it was a good idea. I was against it coming through our city. That was my main concern. Is it going through DeSoto as well? Not, no. So where's it, where's it actually going through? So it's 20 and 45. Mm -hmm. And so from 20, 45 to 20, 35, should be a straight shot of similar loop to Loop 9. So um, you want to think about parallel to Ovilla Road okay. in, in Bear Creek. And then it comes through Glen Heights. It curves a little bit and then goes back into Cedar Hill once it hits um, the Westmoreland, Cockrell Hill area. Okay, so you have to do all that. You have to plan all of that so it won't take away people's houses through what is called eminent domain. They are trying to find the least aggressive way to do it, yes. Oh, they there can, will be some houses. What they need to do is consult with some, some uh, uh, people who zone, uh, should I say, do districts for, uh, for city, not city council races, but Congress, congressional races. Because right. we go here, we go here, we go here. Right. That's, that's what they should do there. Cause, yeah. you know, because they know how to do it. They want to. They want to pick their voters. Absolutely. But in this particular situation, we we need to pick a route where it won't take away somebody's house. Right. And one of the neighborhoods that it's going through is a lower income neighborhood, mostly African American and Hispanics, and so uh, the citizens are concerned about that. Where's that it's at? A real issue. Is that in, is in your area? It's no. It's near. It's off of Ewell Road. It's near Lindell Estates. Okay, that's always the case. Right. Always and of case. course, we don't know if it's intentional or not. It just happened that way. It just happened that it way. Just happened that well, way. that gives me a chance to segue into my doctoral dissertation in which I speak specifically about those kind of okay. things. Okay. So, <laughs> but speaking Shout specifically. Shout out to SMU. Yeah, right. Hold me up. So 
So we have, we, we have some shared common experiences at SMU. Yes. Tell me about the experiences at SMU you have. So I am an instructional designer, mm -hmm. and a lot of people ask me how I ended up with that. So I am a teacher. In 2004, I was certified through the state of Texas. I started teaching high school, ninth grade, 10th grade English. Um, and I transitioned to community college first. So I taught at Richland College, Eastfield College, and Cedar Valley College. I taught at Cedar Valley for seven years. And so during that time, I started writing curriculum and developing online courses. And so I transitioned into course development full-time. And so as an instructional designer, I design online courses for faculty members. I design training programs. So just like building websites, I do anything that's art tech related. And so I also teach adjunct at SMU. And it's been a really good experience. I've always wanted to work at SMU. As you know, they have a lot of celebrities come through. They have a lot Thank of- Thank you. <laughs> a lot of prominent people. They do a lot of good work in the community. And so this past spring break, I went on the trip to for the civil rights uh, pilgrimage. It's really a trip that I felt I needed right now because of everything that's been happening and just really being able to sort of um, connect back to history. And so I wanted to make sure that I did that. Plus, I always take trips anyway. I'm, I'm, as a teacher, I, I'm used to chaperoning. So I've uh, done student trips to Hawaii. It's a science trip. Student I trips to Hawaii. I just, that's right. That's what we do. When I was at I Carter, think. we just went to Austin. <laughs> oh, no, not Austin. <laughs> did a student trip to yeah, a lot. Tyler Junior College, the anthropology department, took us to Greece. Greece on a student trip? That's right. Um, and then, because you have to study people, right? You can't just study mm. people in Austin. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, obviously at Carter High School, that's what we <laughs> So, yeah, I've always done that. Um, Cedar Valley College, I founded the journalism club. And then at uh, Borough of Manhattan Community College, I was the debate chaperone. And so I would follow them around, you know, Maine, Connecticut, wherever. We, they went to Yale, they went to Princeton um, to debate because they were underage. And so they had to have a chaperone. So yeah, I've always had commitment to the community, commitment to the school, and so that's just what I do. All right, you got a lot of commitment, a lot of travel, <laughs> you know, yes. all that. Gabe, I think it's a good time right now for us to play a couple of drops, and then after we play those drops, uh, uh, Miss Allen has a uh, one of her flyers. We can go ahead and, and cue that up as well, and so people can see that. Uh, and when you cue that up, as we know, all know that we play local music because Facebook be tripping. But anyway, uh, uh, play that music, one of Zamil's uh, tracks over uh, Miss Allen's uh, uh, promo, okay? All right, we got it. Hey, you guys now know how we're going to do the show. So what we're going to do is have you guys come in. We're going to select some people, you know, drop me some lines. So let me know whether or not you want to be part of the show instead of being on the hot seat as Miss Allen is right now. All right. Okay, we'll be right back. I'm Pastor Freddie Haynes. I listen to the Commission show on the fishbowl for my social activism information so I can be a better agitator. Oh, 
What's up, beautiful peoples out there? It's your boy, Maul, a.k.a. Cool Pop Watson, baby. Make sure you check my man out. Three to five every Saturday. Commission Radio Show. Make sure y'all come check my man out. Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's, located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commish Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. Hey, this is Cheryl Smith, and when I'm looking for news and information, I tune in to The Commish on Saturdays. I got so much trouble on my mind, refuse to lose. Here's your ticket, cause the drama get wicked. The clue to you to put the back to black attack, so I sack and tap and slap the Mac. Now I'm ready to mic it. Let's start there. Wait a minute, y'all don't get paid? We do not get paid. Yeah, I figured that out after 20 <laughs> years of being a zoning commission. I was on the airport advisory board. Yeah. I did all that stuff. Didn't get a dime. Didn't get a dime. Service from the heart. Service from the heart. So I think that's important to know. I attend a lot of meetings. I attend a lot of workshops. Uh, for Texas Municipal League, which is the governing body for us, I complete about 80 hours of municipal development every year. What do you do for municipal development? It okay. is going to meetings, going to workshops, conferences, just being involved. And so um, when you have, so they have different levels. And so when you complete that top level, you're awarded certified municipal official. So How you long a, does it take for you to, to do that though? 
Well, so because I work full time <laughs> during the day, it's just trying to get to different conferences and workshops throughout the year. Just really whenever you can. Also, for retired people, they can easily get that. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I absolutely. have to keep that in consideration if I decide to do something other than absolutely hang out on Saturday. Right? They have some locally, but then mostly everything is in San Antonio or Austin. So you end up traveling, you have to take off. So usually, like we just had the conference, CML conference uh, last week mm -hmm. in San Antonio. So I usually teach uh, Monday to Tuesday and then get off around 3 and drive down and then try to make the conference but it's just not always possible this get, year i flew you get stuck in traffic that's the reason why you started <laughs> i, I want to say downtown uh austin right over that little bridge 12th street or something or other it, it it's is traffic. a nightmare now, every year one of the first commissions i i served on was goals for dallas Back in 1979, 1980, this is way before you was born, I was doing this kind of stuff. So uh, I was on a transportation commission. Okay. So that was, that was, that's how I knew about Loop 9 and all. I like, so they're going to do that? Right. And, it was, and I was going like, it's nothing out there. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot that, of people say. Yeah, until they build it. Until they build it. And you know what? I was on not a committee, but I went to this meeting about transportation because my concern was why there's so much traffic. And in 2020, I served as the census chair. And so what I found out is that there are a lot of people who are undocumented or they live with someone else and they haven't documented that information. And so within the city's transportation department mm -hmm. and uh, within their governance and their fi uh, finances, they are building based off of the documented information. And so you end up with all the traffic because they don't know you need four lanes. According to the documentation that they have, you only need three lanes. Right. 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 And so it, it just... Because yeah, they it's say, I don't see that. It's not, that's it, it right. doesn't it's exist there. See. And so it's, it's just a learning opportunity. So as, as many workshops, as many meetings as I can go to, I try to try to make sure I do that. So that, that would also mean to alleviate the traffic flow, because obviously you, you see that's something I'm into. You'd have to work with other neighboring cities. Absolutely. So how, how have you been able to work with other neighboring cities in your position as a city council person? I want to say the proudest moment probably is with the 2020 census. I went to a meeting with other elected officials to support them. And while I was there, they were talking about the census and how important it is, especially for the African-American community and being undercounted because that was a real issue. And I talked to a couple of the neighboring cities, specifically DeSoto, um, have some dear friends in DeSoto. And they were getting ready for their complete count committee. And so I thought I had not heard about that. We hadn't received anything. The government hadn't sent us anything because we get those emails. And so I spoke to some friends in DeSoto. Uh, Commissioner Price was there. So I had a conversation with Price afterwards. And he was telling me that the city of Dallas has a huge campaign for the census and that other cities can get involved in that. And so what I ended up doing was taking the information back to the city. I went and talked to Dallas, and so they had their complete count committee, but they had a county campaign as well. 
as their city campaign. And so what you did was the city of Dallas got in all of the marketing material, they created everything that you needed, and then any of the cities that wanted to participate could participate in it. And so I ended up going uh, to Dallas to pick up the materials. We had yard signs, they gave us t-shirts, just the whole work. And then of course you have the training as well. So we brought out some census trainers um, because on the, um, one of the apps that they have, you can look at the tracks to see which track in your neighborhood is underrepresented. And so you would then send those people out. And so I was able to get our city to number one, to organize a complete count committee. I got volunteers from the citizens and we were able to get get out that information just like a get out the vote campaign and so initially we had maybe only a 50 percent um completion rate in terms of people who actually completed the census and so we worked really really hard to get the yard signs out we sent out um like robocalls uh went to different meetings made videos so it was all of that and so it, it took all of us i have um a Facebook reel, I think, uh, I can't remember who, I think Dallas City Council Casey Thomas right. uh, sent a message to me. So you were just sort of sending messages to everybody. Right. He sent one to Mayor Mason. I think I sent mine to Nicole Raphael and DeSoto. So it's, it's like a challenge. Right. Like, hey, I challenge okay. you, blah, blah, and blah. And all those people been on the show. As, as a matter of fact, Casey, Councilman Casey Thomas was in Vern Catron, who used to be with K104. Yes. But now he's a U.S. Census representative. They were both on my show, and exactly. that's what we, we rolled that out here on this show. Yeah. So I did my little part. I did my part. <laughs> that's right. That's I did right. my part. So, so, yeah, we get that funding in, and so that's the yeah, important part. So, the more people you have, you need that money in. Right. So, and, and then someone will complain yeah. about, well, I didn't turn that in, and then they complain about the road conditions right. and everything. So you you complaining about the road conditions, but you didn't turn in the census track. That's right. So they say, well, there ain't nobody out there because ain't nobody on the road, and you know. So you said County Commissioner John Wiley Price is that the district that he's into? Yes. So his district is all the way around there. Too? So we, so the city of Glen Heights is divided on the county line. Mm -hmm. So we are Dallas County. So he's our commissioner, and then of course the other half of Glen Heights sits in Ellis County. Who's over in Ellis County? We have the same representatives. I can't remember the new guy that just came in. Okay. Um, They're building a lot out there. They are building. So they had massive growth, growth as well. According to their census, their Hispanic population doubled. And people are moving south because, of course, north uh, is sort of built out. And so people are wanting, wanting the land down here. And the property the property taxes and everything are lower as well. And you can get more of a house right. down there where you're at. Right. And you, so you can get, uh, we have acreages, people like ranch style homes. So like in Glen Heights, you have unplanned development and you have the planned development. Right. So the unplanned, like if somebody's building a house right now, I think it has like uh, two garages or like an extended garage. So like you have like a tractor truck right. that needs to drive in. Tractor so truck. You, uh, is that what it's called? No, the I'm just saying. The just tractor, the farm, yeah. farm equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So um, you can get unplanned development, so you could get an acreage for your house. To I build call my, my house Greyhaven a ranch, too, but there's somebody that lives right next door to me, and I just walk outside and say, hey, man, your dog got out the side of the gate. But, you know, it's not really a ranch then if you can do that. I, I mean, 
<laughs> you got to start somewhere, man. <laughs> you gotta start yeah, got to start somewhere. What else would you do if you were elected mayor? I think I would have more meetings with the citizens. I enjoy talking to them a lot. Um, having sort of open door meetings, just, you know, breakfast meetings or coffee meetings or what have you. We are a small town and people are very relaxed in Glen Heights. And so they like having the community feel. They want more activities and events throughout the city. Um, so like when I poll them on social media, they want a walking group or they want a dance group. They want a beautification um, group, you know, mm -hmm. just different things like that, engaging with the citizens. Because when you're a small town, and like I said, you have to drive out to go anywhere for real entertainment. And when you've been working all day, when you get home in the evening, you don't wanna do that. So you hope to have some type of entertainment, some type of interaction within your own city where you can go, you know, stand on the porch or just drive right down the street and then come back. So that's really a major, major goal for me. Overall, my whole campaign is about social and economic justice, making sure that the citizens have what they need we for the most part are middle class but one of the things that i've been researching is affordable housing but for middle class so currently if you're low income you get help if you're rich of course you don't need help you got the money if you're middle class you don't get the help that you need because you don't qualify because you make too much and so they'll send people to the county and say hey go to the county blah, blah, blah. but then the county comes back and says well you make too much so if you just lost your job because you're sick, you've been in the hospital for a couple months, the insurance runs out. If you have a parent moving in, but you already have college kids there, right? This is more um, food that you're having to buy. The electricity goes up, the water, everything goes up. How do you get that help without having to get a second job? And so one of my goals is to be able to create an affordable housing program um, I started research, researching that in 2019 to see what we could do as a city. It's something that we typically don't do, but are there alternatives, okay. right? Is there you know, a smaller program? I tried to create a winter storm home repair program in 2020. We had a really bad storm. We get a lot of tornadoes in that area too. There's nothing down there to stop the tornado it's except the house. <laughs> and unfortunately, if it's your house, it's... Not good. Thank you for that. Yes. I know. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, because I, I've, I've done that. But you know, you yes. brought it up. I wouldn't yes. have said anything until you said that. But you know, so how do we yeah. how do we go about doing that? And that's not Tornado Alley is is not what we consider down there. We consider that further up north. Right. Well, even just having shelters. Um, if your entire city um, is comprised of houses, right? So you have, and that's why I said we have to be a sustainable city. So is there a government building, a city building, any type of building where a large amount of people can go in and we can have a shelter, right. either underground or just, you know, a gym type situation. We don't have any of that. We are building a new city center. And so hopefully we can have a new city center. It's in the same spot. It's right next door. So we're on Hampton road, 1938 South Hampton road. 
And so we're not sure if the current one will be torn down or not. It may just be used for storage space. Um, but we have a new police and fire. We'll have a new recreation center um, and then administrative spaces. And in the very back, we're going to have a handicapped parking playground, which is my initiative. All I right. bought for that for over two years. I'm excited about it. And um, hopefully it will work like a downtown. Okay. And so we're excited about it. Well, I'm excited about the potentiality of you being the, the next mayor. Now, as we go to a closing, and Gabe, you can go ahead and, and, and point the camera straight to her. Uh, <laughs> tell us why, Miss Allen, uh, that we should elect you for Glen Heights mayor. In about a minute. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it like they used sure. to do me on... on Inside Texas politics. <laughs> you can just pretend I'm Jason White. Right. So number one, you should vote me as Glenn Heights mayor because I have achieved a lot for the citizens in a short amount of time. And I think I've proven that I am good for the city. I'm good for the citizens in terms of communication and in terms of working with other elected officials to bring those resources to our city. My vision for Glenn Heights, number one, lower taxes. Number two, which I am already working on. I've been working on that um, for several years. Right now, I'm trying to freeze taxes for our senior citizens. And number two, quality, stronger infrastructure, water, streets, broadband, we need it. You know, it's like we're in the country. And so we want to make sure that we have roads that are stable and not buckling because, of course, when the roads buckle, then that's damage on your car, which again comes out of your pocket. And then of course, number three is quality education. I'm on the PTA. I make sure that I attend as many education events as I can, supporting the students, letting them know that we're there for them. And most of all, my just having the heart to serve, I really want to make sure that we are moving in the right direction so that our citizens can thrive. All right. All right. Appreciate that. When is election? November 8th, October 24th is early voting. All right. Now, uh, obviously, you, you paid to come on this show, so this is a paid political advertisement. This is a paid political advertisement. All right. Got to make sure we put all those things in there. You know. Vote for Shante Allen, A-L-L-E-N, for Glen Heights Mayor. All right. Early voting starts. October 24th, the Monday after next. I'll see you at the polls bright and early. All right, Gabe, put it back on me again mm -hmm. as we get ready to close out. We'd like to thank you for joining the Commish Radio Show. Uh, stay tuned for Legal Standpoint with Michael J. Todd in which we will be talking about, well, obviously, we'll be talking about the law of politics and you. But, you know, hey, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, coming on the show as well. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right, Gabe, let's have some outgo music. and we Hi, my name is Gail Todd with Townview Realtors. If you find yourself in the market to buy, sell, lease, or maybe you want to be a part of this hot real estate market by investing, just give my team of professionals and I a call at 214-675-9572. Again, that's 214-675-9572. Or you can email me at gtodd88 at yahoo.com. With me, it's all about you.
spending countless hours on YouTube searching for encouragement and empowerment. I want to give you the tool that you need today. It's in the huddle on demand.com. Go to in the huddle on demand.com today for the encouragement and empowerment that you've been searching for. You'll get a behind the scenes look of what's been going on within the huddle with Chris Howell. Go and check it out today. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commission. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network.
sleep, you got me torn. I'm so confused. Cause nowadays you got a new attitude. And you, really answer my call. You rush off the line like I don't matter to you. Was it something I said? Girl, what did I do?
All right, that's it. You know, hey, this is Ed Gray and Michael J. Todd. Legal standpoint with Michael J. Todd is he's 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 texting people right now to get people to to join in, and that's what we need you to do. Once you receive his text, and once you receive the uh, Facebook invite, we want you to share this. We have this on Restream. We have it uh, all over. We also have it on Apple and Spotify, that type of thing. We want you to share it because what we have is some some uh, great information that we want to share with you. And, you know, I, all the time I'm with attorneys, and that's what uh, Attorney Todd is, uh, I always feel compelled that I have to take notes. So watch this. There you go. He's not going to be the only one with a piece of paper. <laughs> I'm not. No, I can't have that, man. We can't have that. So we, we're going to do that on our end, too. You, lawyers always be doing that, you know. I'll be taking copious notes. But, you know, as we're taking copious notes, we going through this whole thing of, of America in the post-Trump era. What's going on, man? Tell me what's up. Man, you know, I was... Uh, well, of course, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. But as we go through this edition of Legal Standpoint, I just started thinking about something. I, I had an interaction with a young man earlier this week. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, common interests of individuals, objectives that individuals would have. And I kind of suggested to him that, you know, with the political season coming up, with the election coming up, that we had a lot of races that could affect, you know, his himself and myself. Uh, our interests, the person I was talking to, our interests were pretty aligned. And so uh, I just kind of outlined to him, hey, look, you know, there may be some other races that uh, that you may need to support. And as I was telling him that, he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, we've got races in Georgia. We've got races in uh in Wisconsin, we've got races that, uh, you know, all over the country that, that could affect you. He was like, man, well, why am I going to give some money to some people who can't do nothing for me? Oh, man, he plays you like that? Huh? Yeah. I said, well, well, what do you mean they can't do anything for you? He said, like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, where's that effect? He yeah. says, well, I'm not in that district, so why am I going to give some money to somebody that, you know, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not in that district? And I said, well, the thing is, what you have to understand is that you and I and other people around this country, we have a common interest, common objectives. And we need to be collectively together to support those individuals that support our objectives. Right. And it doesn't make a difference if that person is in, you know, Texas or Wisconsin or anywhere else, because we're all in this together. And so, uh, you know, some of the things that we want uh, are going to be in you know affected by who's in office not only just where you live but also in other states other counties uh you know all across the country and so it just kind of made me think that you know sometimes maybe we just uh, are a little short-sighted you know as it relates to how we support uh individuals and how it can have a cumulative effect on the objectives and interests that we're trying to ascertain. Okay. So you've been doing, uh, again, that's the reason why I have my pad and pencil, ink pen rather. Uh, I want to take good notes. You know, okay. Because, you know, you, you, you come up with all these facts and everything. 
where, where are we at in, in the United States that we need to be more concerned than obviously we need to be concerned with Congressional District 30? Uh, wh wh where else? Well, well, you know what? Well, let's look. Let's let's take Congressional District 30 as an example. Okay. I live in Congressional District 30. So do I. Which has been Eddie Bernice Johnson. Right. And which is now the uh, the nominee, the Democratic nominee, is going to be Jasmine Crockett. Now, if I just took the, the you know, the short-sighted view that I only need to vote for the person that's within my district, okay. then I would only, you know, support Jasmine Crockett. But the thing is, is that we need to have individuals that are all over this county, this state, this country, that are supporting the objectives that we desire. So, would it be foolish for me to support Colin Allred, who's also a U.S. congressman in the state of Texas that also represents people in this county? Well, I think it would be, and I have in the past. And the thing is, is that what I want to do is to be able to make sure that those individuals in these other counties that are going to affect me are going to be the type of people that I want the type of people that think and the type of people that are looking at those objectives like I am. So, I mean, that's a perfect example there. Cause, you know, because a lot of people say, well, man, all right, I, I mean, he's not in my district. You know, he's not representing me. Why, why, I need to rep you know, why I need to give him some money? Well, because, number one, we want to have access to him and we want to make sure that he looks at the issues just like we do. So money gives you that access? Well, I'm not saying it's just money. Now, when I say when, when I say assist individuals, mm -hmm. assistance can be a broad-based term. It could be financial contributions. It could be situations where you're uh, working on their campaign. Uh, I remember I had it was a lady that lived in uh, in the last go round when uh, Stacey Abrams ran in 2020. This lady lived in uh, Louisiana, but she was working on the Abrams campaign by calling individuals in Atlanta and in Georgia trying to get them to go out to the polls and to support Stacey Abrams. So, you know, in this day and time of 2022, I mean, you can assist any campaign you want in a lot of different ways. But the thing is, is that we have to make that, that we have to understand that what's happening elsewhere is impacting what we're doing here. You know, perfect example, another perfect example. I have, there's, a, uh, there's an attorney named Charles Maduka, and Mr. Ch uh, Maduka is uh, from Nigeria, right? He's an attorney here. And about three weeks ago, he came to me, he said, Todd, we have an individual that's coming here from Nigeria who is running for the presidency of Nigeria. He said he is an individual that is right now is the front runner to win the election, which will be in February of 2023. He says he's coming to Dallas, and I'd like you to be able to make some kind of contribution and support him. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one of the, man, dude, in another country. Right. I mean, what's that got to do with me? But when you have a, a president of, of another country in your, your phone. Right. I mean, that's, that's well, not bad. Well, a, 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 a prospective president. Okay, yeah, but if he wins, you but if he wins, you attorneys always be doing me like that. <laughs> oh man, always facts, man, oh. facts. <laughs> but okay, the facts are what they are, you know. Right, right. And 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 you know, we need to be more globally and also locally. 
with that. Correct, you know? with our support. With, with our, our support, support. yeah. So globally and locally on that. Because the thing is, is this, as far as our senators, I mean, Ted Cruz and John Corrin, they're, they're not really advocating my positions or the interests that I have, even though they're individuals that are in my state. They're my, they're my U.S. senators. But, I mean, I haven't seen anything that they've done that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. But John Corrin, you know, he kind of got on the on the gum bill a little bit, you know. So I mean, that was halfway. No, oh, yeah, that was, that was yeah. It was a moment of passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but <laughs> the thing is, so the thing is, is that supporting other individuals in other states who have interests such as ours, uh, that's something that's important. And you know what, Ed, other people on the other side are doing that right now. Every day. What's up with that? Okay. Let's talk about this. We've heard all this, oh, we got to ban CRT, which is supposed to be critical race theory, mm -hmm. from the schools. Oh, we're just, uh, we're, making, we're making young Caucasian kids feel bad because they're learning about the, 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 the horrors of slavery in the past and secondary citizenship during the Jim Crow era. Mm. So we, we, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want our kids to feel bad. So what they've done, they've had this group called uh, Moms, Mothers of Liberty, Moms of Liberty. And what these women have done is that they have started up 200 different chapters around the country where they're reaching out, trying to get uh, to influence politicians all the way from the school board all the way to the U.S. Congress. And what they're trying to do is say that, hey, look, we don't want this CRT. We don't want to know about the, the, the 1619 project. They're going around banning, you know, leading the, uh, the vanguard of banning books in, uh, in, in, in school libraries and things of that nature. But they've got 200 chapters of these mothers who are reaching out trying to influence things that are going to impact us. Now, if you remember, I don't know, you know, how, how you know, how intently you read the news sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see that. <laughs> but, there you but, go. But, don't say. <laughs> sometimes. You, you, you've heard like out in South Lake Carroll's district yeah. where they've been, oh, we're against this CRT, things of this nature, right? If you go over to the Grapevine Colleyville School District, they've been doing the same thing. Oh, we banning books and stuff like that. Well, what they're doing, they have a group of people who have a common interest, which I think is wrong, right? But they're attempting to influence those individuals that are going to be on those school boards, uh, the legislature, things of that nature. So if I see a person that's running in Grapevine, Colleyville, who's saying, hey, I think y'all are off base, then I need to support that person. Right. Right? Because when it happens over there and they start getting, you know, when they when they get success in the places that they, you know, the easy pickups, then they start coming for other areas. Like they may try to come to DISD with all of that. Or they might try to come to DeSoto. They might try to come to any of the other school districts. Because they have the momentum. Because they have the momentum. Because when you start getting that, you know, one victory, two victories, three victories, oh, we're getting recognized, right? You know, sometimes the greasy wheel gets what? 
gets you know gets gets the attention. And, and the press will pick up on that too. And then they say it's a mounting right. It's a mounting phenomenon. Right. Right. Because that's know. the way they deal with the Tea Party. Right. You know, right. Tea the Party same, the same initially thing. was oh wow they they that's clever Tea right. Party. And so now I mean, all of a sudden this is a Tea Party. Uh, caucus and everything else. Right. Yeah. So the thing is, is this. So we have to look. And, and the first thing is, oh, what are your common interests, right? I mean, what is it that you, because, you know, we can't, the, the one thing that I learned when I went to Howard University for law school, you know, we had 10,000 black folks at Howard University. And, you know, up to that time, you know, I, I'd been around black folks, of course, because, you know, I grew up black. Yeah. But the thing is, is that when you have 10,000 black folks, you you really see a difference in people, right? What do you mean by that? Ten thousand black folks. Well, the thing is, is this at Howard, we had the type. And of I love the way you do in my role normally in the show. You just <laughs> the snide little remarks in there. That's two of them in there. You didn't do it in there. Okay. Well, at Howard, the one thing that that, that that amazed me is that you know we had black Republicans that were on the yard. You know who came up and they 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 had their version of how things should be. We had uh, we had fifth generation Howardites, right? Wow. Who came in, you know, how you doing? Kind of Professor Malenko type stuff, you know. They were real studious or whatever. All just kind of laid back. We had uh, we had folks that were first generation college students. Parents were from the deep south that were sharecroppers. They had a different type of interest. You know, we just trying to get in the school and stay in the school, right? We had a lot of militant brothers, you know, militant, hey, fight the power, you know, revolution, things of that nature. And so when you looked at it, you looked at it, you're like, you know, it's not like we all think the same. Monolithic. Yeah, we're not monolithic. You know, we think, we don't think the same. Uh, now, we may have some common goals. Now, in all of those people, that, that being black, we were still, you know, aware of the injustices that this country had perpetrated against you know, our forefathers, foremothers, and things of that nature for hundreds of years. So that's always something that's kind of overriding. But the thing is, is that you still have different viewpoints as it relates to how things should be resolved. So when the first thing we have to do is we have to find those politicians, those causes that support the interests that we have. And just because somebody's black, doesn't mean that they have the same interests as I do. Everybody is a brother, is not a brother. Well, I'm going to say it like this: everybody, everybody black, you know, they they don't support all the interests that I have. I was hoping you'd find a way to make that rhyme like I did, or something like well, that. Well, you know what? I always the, the one thing that was popping in my mind when you said that I thought about my man bugging out. From do the right thing. Okay, so uh, you know, that's and, good. Let's go with that one. And, and you know what bugging out always said? What's that? Stay black. Stay black. All right, so, stay black. So, so when you think about that, if you tell a black person to stay black, in essence, they're trying to say, well, maybe blackness isn't color. You ain't which, yeah. Maybe maybe it's state of mind. State of mind. State okay. of mind. So, all Even right. You know, my daughter would take, you know, take because she's that. at Howard. Well, she's no, but then I, I told her that, and she was like, "Oh, so Rachel uh, Donzel, so she black because she has state of mind." State of mind. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do, and, and Gabe, pick up on this because we got to go to a break. So stay black, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Hi, my name is Gail Todd with Townview Realtors. 
you find yourself in the market to buy, sell, lease, or maybe you want to be a part of this hot real estate market by investing, just give my team of professionals and I a call at 214-675-9572. Again, that's 214-675-9572. Or you can email me at gtodd88 at yahoo.com. With me, it's all about you. I'm Pastor Freddie Haynes. I listen to the Commish Show on the Fishbowl for my social activism information so I can be a better agitator. Men, you've been spending countless hours on YouTube searching for encouragement and empowerment. I want to give you the tool that you need today. It's InTheHuddleOnDemand.com. Go to InTheHuddleOnDemand.com today for the encouragement and empowerment that you've been searching for. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look of what's been going on with In The Huddle with Chris Howell. Go and check it out today. Gabe, 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 you know, Gabe, you know, Gabe and myself have been, you know, he's been dealing with my, my, my inner soul, man, because mm-hmm. I came on earlier, man, on the previous show, and I had, he had that mellow music, go ahead, give me that mellow music again, you know, so he had the mellow music on, and, and, and it was like, hey, welcome to Legal Standpoint with Michael J. Todd, where we're going to be talking about politics and law and how it affects you but right. you know he knows that we don't do that like that. It's like a tina turner type thing go ahead tilt that off he knows that when me and you like two brothers from the hood right you know <laughs> we don't do it like that so you know he, he he wants to play that other you know fight <laughs> the power go ahead hit that man so then he wants to play that <laughs> so go ahead hit again See? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I like remember it. that. Yeah. <laughs> I hit it back. So, you know, we have to do it like that. So, we like to thank everybody for sharing this out because, you know, we, we want to go ahead and give that information. As we often said, that we have to be uh, local, but we also have to think globally as well. So, we, we want to deal with that as well. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show and be a, a co-promoter and also a co-host on the show because I, I, I love the attorneys. I love uh, the legal profession and everything. I want to send a, a shout-out to Calvin Johnson, who I understand is being tagged as well. Barbara Ward, thank you for tagging people as well. If you could tag some groups, that would be good, too. We want more people to know about that as, uh, as well. Uh, also, Curtis Young. I know you probably don't know who Curtis Young is. He just—he was a former intern here on the Commission Radio Show. Oh, really? Yep. And Curtis just passed the bar yesterday. Really? Congratulations. Yeah. So now, where, I, where did he go to law school? I, Thurgood. Oh, Thurgood. Yeah. All right. So you know that's what what's up, man. Yeah. Commission Radio Show. We put out. We 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 help a little people along the way, man. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And thank you for helping us out, man. So help us out. Help me understand who we should be thinking about. 
in the United States, so sending some money, sending some resources, right? Retagging well, and all that stuff. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, you got to look at those common interests. What What are things that you that, that 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 actually concern you? You know, one thing that was that I was real disappointed about uh, after the uh, George Floyd protests and things of that nature is that we weren't able to do what get police reform passed. Mm -hmm. You know, out of all of that marching, right? All of that stuff, we haven't gotten police reform passed one bit. Well, that's because people say defund the police. Well, I, I do think that defund the police, I think that was a bad uh, a bad slogan. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. It should have just been... Reform, yeah, yeah reform. Program, yeah, yeah, reform. Reform. Program, police reform now. Right, yeah. You know, instead yeah. of defund the police, because like, oh, you're going to close the police department now? Well, because you know what? The first time somebody said something to me was my legal assistant at, at work. And she comes in and she's like, yeah, we gonna, we want to defund the police. I was like, girl, what you talking about? I ain't trying to defund the police. What are, you, what are you talking about? But then somebody will criticize you and say, Mike, you ain't staying black. We want to do that because we all in this together. We want to defund the police. Well, the thing is, is this. Staying black doesn't mean being foolish. Nobody. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, stop the fear. Oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, man, you being like Charleston White up in here. So you're just going to say something like that, man? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is this. It was a bad, it was a bad slogan. It was bad marketing. Bad it, marketing. It, it was not what you were trying to do. No, it wasn't. You weren't trying to defund the police. You were trying to reprogram monies that were going to the police department that would have been used in a more beneficial aspect with respect to interacting with individuals that went right you know, in physical, you know, exactly because that's what they should have did you yeah, know yeah. So, so hire the some people to go out and talk to someone that wants to commit suicide instead of trying to arrest them right and then shooting them when you once you get there right you yes. know that kind yeah. of thing so 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 i mean that was just that was just bad but we didn't get police reform we didn't get it passed right we we've had all of this voter suppression all these voter suppression laws passed we haven't gotten one national law passed with respect to that we haven't had a reauthorization of the Voting Rights Act, which the Supreme Court is continually to do what? Just whittle away at. So the thing is, is this, you got to kind of look at and find, figure out what are my interests are, and then, right, who is, who is advocating for those interests? Now, I, you know, I can say this, you know, during the 2020, I believe uh, I even sent some money to Joe Manchin, man. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Ain't that that guy that thinks he's a Democrat but a Republican or a Republican that think he's a Republican but's a Democrat? Well, he's a Democrat, and some people have said that he that that he has acted more like now, a Republican. I, I just said that. I mean, he has stood in the way of reforming the filibuster. Mm -hmm. He stood in the way of the voting rights legislation, even though he thought that he could reformat it and get ten Republicans to come along with him, which mm -hmm. never did happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he has passed, or he has been involved with some other things that, that were beneficial, you know, that I think not only to black folks, but to the country as a whole. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is that everybody that you support doesn't have to be lockstep with everything that you believe. You can't have everything lockstep. Right, right. Because it's only one you, and it's like everybody's not going to be with you right. 100%. But the thing is, is this, a lot of times people, they feel that way. You know, if if you don't see every issue as I see it, 
then you you know you a sellout or you know you not down with the people or or whatever such things such as that and it's and that's not the case yeah yeah I can see that you know that's not the case I don't have to be in agreement with every issue uh, and you know a perfect example I've said on this on this show is a lot of times you know after 2020 when when Trump started activating all these folks and making them all feel crazy and emboldened. Hey, it, the first time in my life I went and bought a firearm and started shooting, taking taking classes, going to the range, got my family involved with it, bought them firearms. So if anybody right now is talking about, hey, look, we gonna, you know, we wanna we wanna strip away the firearms, I'm not for that. I'm not for that issue, right? But if a person has that position, I'm not gonna not vote for that person if he's got ten other issues that I do like. Mm. I'm not. I've never been a one issue one issue person. You sound like Republicans saying they voting for Herschel Walker. Now, now, how do you get that? Now, how do you get that? <laughs> you have a script, man. Won't you read the script? <laughs> I don't. I don't have a script. I just have some buzzwords. Well, get your buzzwords what, there. What do you mean? That sounds like Herschel Walker. I, I mean, no, but you just did what Republicans do about Herschel because they. And Herschel get up there and say, "Well, you know, I'm a really against abortion, and I don't think you should have abortion, and and I just say that football's football, and I just don't believe in fumbling the ball." He say something like that, and Republicans sit there and say, "I'm with Herschel." He goes, "Say, well, wait a minute, did you see the? This lady had receipts, obviously. Do you see that?" And then they go back and they say, "I don't know what you're talking about on that." But I'm with Herschel because Herschel's with this. So there's a litmus test. You just did it just a minute ago. Well, I, I totally disagree with of that. Of course. Right. I totally disagree okay. with that. I, 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 I gave, I gave because the only reason, the only reason why you're disagreeing <laughs> with that is because when we say in Herschel Walker that stay black right. don't apply to him. Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but the thing is, is this. With Herschel Walker, okay. in my opinion, right. I don't think he has the intellectual capacity to be a senator. Well, with that fraudulent imitation I did of him, you quite naturally you would say that. Well, but, no, I, I, I mean, but I'm just saying that's pretty much the way he talks, you know. Yeah, I know, the, but the thing I don't see how that equates with what I just said. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying is that Republicans know that, and they still gonna vote for him. What I said was that got it. If a Democrat did not agree with me on one issue, which in this case was dealing with gun control, however you want to say it, right? Okay. That I would not use that as a basis to not vote for him or to support him. Ah. That's what I said. Okay. Okay. I, I, you know, I just want to make sure the record's clear when you're comparing me to somebody supporting Herschel Walker. Man, you law school people, man. Y'all yeah. say yes, man. Hey, but I'm going to get real quiet now. No, no, no. <laughs> but the thing is, is this. Not for long, though. You know, in the past, like I said, I've, I've looked at you know, races not only within the state of Texas, but, you know, throughout the country yeah. to support people. Yeah, because we've talked about several of those off camera and everything. You got any that you want to talk about? Well, well, you know, we've got a lot of Senate. You know, the one thing is this. The Senate races are real important. Yeah. They're real important for a lot of different reasons. I throw some names out there. Mandela Barnes. Yeah, I Mandela mean Mandela, Mandela. I mean, you can't be no more black than that. Staying black when you, yeah, yeah, Mandela. Mandela. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know too many white people named Mandela. Yeah, but the thing is, is this. No. Mandela. That's the it, thing to Google. How many white people you know named Mandela? None that no. I'm aware of. No. Well, you know what? I'm better somebody out there white named Mandela. Okay, let's say get Gabe. Look that up. <laughs> Look it up and well, how see. How are we gonna know whether they're white or not? 
we're gonna do we're gonna apply to Rachel. What's her name? Doja. Yeah, we're gonna apply yeah. that deal. Let's okay. see if that works. <laughs> All right. So so this is the thing. As you make your determinations of where you're gonna go, who you're gonna support, of course, you don't want to throw money or time away. Right. You want to have somebody that has a shot to to win. Right. So when we look at, uh, so a lot of times I look at the polls. I mean, I look at them on, on a regular basis. And when I say regular, I mean like every day. So which polling site do you normally look at? I usually look at two polls, two polling sites. I usually look at realclearpolitics.com. Okay. okay. They have polls every day. And then I also look at uh, 538, and you spell that out, 538, not the numbers, but spell it out, dot com. And they have the latest polls, and they go through and they do a averaging with respect to. to with you do that every polls. day. Every day, maybe two, three times a day. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look at. Them. I look at. Instead them. of updating your Facebook status and everything. Well, I, I'm not really on Facebook that much, but yeah, yeah you're yeah. just losing your Facebook <laughs> people right there. <laughs> but the thing is that well, they know. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 well, you got something from 1999 is your latest. Yeah, 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 you know. The third, the third Saturday in the month, Mike's yeah. about to come on, yeah. so they know. So, but the thing when you look at uh, you look at the, uh, the 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 race in uh, Wisconsin is showing that Johnson, who's the incumbent, that's the denier, election denier, election denier, election, election denier, denier should should not even be running for office because that's that, to me you're an insurrectionist if you're doing well, that. I agree totally, and he has said some he has said a lot of things to support Trump. And the election lie. And you know what? What's really funny, though, is that even before the election, after the 2020 election, mm. it was a lady that went up to Johnson at some kind of festival. And she pretended like she was a Republican. And she was like, man, you know something went bad, right? You know, they did something, to, you know, for the Trump to lose. And Johnson was like, no. Nah. He says, when you look at it, you can see that, you know, I got... 50,000 more votes from Repub Republican votes than, uh, than than Trump did. So, you know, people just didn't vote for him, right? But then when it came out that, you know, of course, once she got all that on tape, she came out and said, Johnson even admits that Trump just lost. And so then he was like, oh, no, 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 no. They, were, fool they were fooling me or whatever. Fake news. Right. Yeah. But he's, a, he's an election denier. But the thing is, is that What's he, the he's beating Barnes on the poll average by 2.9 right now. 2.9. 2.9%. He's up by almost 3%. Almost 3% in the polls. And that, that which probably means he's going, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, 3% is pretty, that's pretty strong, you know. Yeah, because then we're also dealing with Mandela Barnes is black. Right. So some people are not going to be honest by saying they're going to vote for somebody black. They say that because, well, you know. Right. The way you phrase the question. And, and guess what? His name Mandela. You some folks ain't gonna vote for him just because his name Mandela. No. But then they also are, they're trying to hit him over crime a lot. They're trying to say that he was trying to defund the police. Well, they say, look at him. He's black. Yeah, yeah. So All black people want to defund the police. So, but that race is a really that's cool, what they're gonna that's say. That's an important race, though. That's an important race. So, Democrats can flip the Senate, or not flip the Senate, but retain the Senate. Correct. They have a better chance, based upon the polling, to maintain the Senate than they do the House. Yeah. You know, so so those, and the thing is, is this, 
even if we just hold on to the Senate, that's important. Which goes back to the Herschel Walker thing. Right. You got Raphael Warnock. Now, now the thing is, is this. When we go to the Herschel Walker, the one thing is this. The poll average right now is that Warnock is up on Herschel Walker on the poll average of 3.9%. Almost 4%. So I'm feeling pretty good with respect to Warnock. But you know what? We can't sleep on it for the next 30 days if that's who you want to support. What can we do? You can send his campaign some money, right? To be able to do what? To make sure that he has uh, uh, advertisement, commercials, things of that nature. You could also do stuff like what we said earlier. Could volunteer to do some phone calling and things of that nature. Okay. So I want to get everyone involved in this that are listening in on Facebook and everything. And this goes with any and everybody that's listening in. Take notes of what we're talking about. And if you happen to have your laptop beside you, key in these websites. You said Raphael Warnock. What, what, what website is that? No, it's, that's, all, that's all on the 538. 538.com? Correct. Okay. And, and Raphael Warnock looked that up and everything. And Gabe, if oh, you put that on oh, there. Oh, you mean if you want to contribute to Warnock? Yeah. Gabe, okay, if you, you, can go, you can go to what we call Act Blue. Act Blue. You just type in Act Blue. And then you can make a you can make a donation to him. Okay. Now, but wait a minute. Let's not be short sighted, right? We talked about what helping his campaign, giving his money campaign, right? Right. But what you could do other things too. Like what? Like maybe you would like to Google get out the vote programs that are in Georgia, right? Right. And then do what? Send a contribution to them, or man. The phones for them also, and you can do that. Like it's like you're working from home. You instead right. of you being in the phone bank right. down at um, this is I'm I'm gonna tell my age. You know, you you downtown and you working phone banks and everything, and you have to go down and sign in. You have to do that. You can do that from home. Right, do it right from home. So from that standpoint, I mean, you can do that. And you know what? Now we've been talking. I'm talking about, of course, everything across the country, right? Because we're all connected, right? Connected. But the thing is, is that we can't forget about our state of Texas, even though you know some of these races look a little bleaker, right? What do you mean? We don't have a blue wave or nothing like that. Well, you know, like You're rolling if, your eyes, man. If, if, if we look at it's a blue wave, but it's a shallow pool. Yeah. If we look at if we look at Texas, you know, and I've supported my boy Beto, you know, I've given him money, but. Beto down by seven points. Seven points is a lot to come out. I, oh. Wait a minute, hold on. Spoiler alert: We're gonna lose some people, man. What's that? I mean, cause some, cause you know they come in and listen to the show and everything, and then if we say something they don't agree with, then they're gonna just gonna lose. We just, just gonna bail well. The out. thing is, he's down seven points. That <laughs> the one thing that we could do. Is what can this. we do? Uh, you know, there are a lot of women, right, that are upset with respect to the Dobbs decision uh, and the restrictive uh, laws that are being passed and imposed with respect to uh, to abortion. So maybe that could be something that would, uh, you know, that will that will uh, imbue everyone with a sense of mission. I mean, I'm upset as a male with respect to the decision because I think it was just crazy. But the thing is, is this. So we do have some wild cards. So we can't just sit there and say, you know, okay, he's seven points down, so we just gonna we just gonna give up. 
like I said, I've contributed to him, uh, even though he's down by seven. Yeah, even though he said that about guns before, too? Yeah, even though he said that about guns, too. I'm, I'm a supporter because I'm not a one-issue person. Right. Right. See, right. I, I got plus, you with plus that. Plus, on top hey, of man, that. This time you smiling now. Plus, on top see? of it, I, I just don't that. think how it's going to pass anyway. So, <laughs> so why am I going to get all? Yeah, and if it does, I got mine already. So, what difference? He can't take your gun. Away. No, no, no. They can't take mine. Right. Why you get bass in your voice when you say that? No, I'm just saying. You know, just, you know. That we've talked in the past how historically, I know, I know. So what, 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 what they, what they need, what, what folks, what y'all need to do is you need to look at the show that we did with black people and guns about how they've tried to historically take away, not historically take away, but historically not give you the right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, now you know what? One race that we may want to look at. I've, I've contributed to this race is the race out in Ohio. And I know everybody, Ohio. Oh, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Ohio. Well, well, you got a guy named uh, Ryan, right, who is running against uh, Vance. You know, the uh, the, the Vance, the Hillbilly Hill Elegy guy. That was a good book. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I like okay. Hillbilly Elegy, man. That was a good book, man. Yeah, well, well, and then he sold out. Right, with Trump. So, so, but Ryan is a U.S. congressman from Ohio. And he's running, you know, he's trying to kind of dumb it down a little bit, right? But the thing is, is that 538 has that race with the polling even right now. Now, I like that one, and I want people in Ohio to vote for, what's the guy's name again? His name is uh, Ryan. Last name is Ryan. All right, so vote for Ryan because I was looking at the uh, news last week, and and doing research like you did earlier when you said, well, perhaps you did read this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I was doing it when Trump was up there announcing vote for J.D. Vance. And, he's, and, and Trump literally said, J.D. Vance is kissing. kissing my ASS. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Ryan was able to use that in the debate this past week. While he's over here kissing somebody's ASS, I'm over here trying to fight for the residents of Ohio. Man, so, yeah, you so, ain't saying the word. You must got to go to church tomorrow. Well, yeah, some of my church members are on here. I'm not I, oh, okay. <laughs> I knew it was something. <laughs> but, but that Ohio race, I mean, that's something. That's the one that, hey, look, if we can win that race, we being Democrats, right? If we can win that race. So that, that means we'll retain it. So with Mandela, we. It's, it's slim right now, and, and if we get with Ryan, uh, it'll be better. Okay. Well, the thing is, if we could maintain everything and get Ryan, then we would have 51 votes. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. Now, because you have to understand, Mandela is running against uh, Johnson, but Johnson is the incumbent. Right. So he's already in the 50. Yeah. Now, now, one race that's, uh, that seems to be causing a little consternation in Democratic circles is in Nevada. Uh, because you have an incumbent Democrat there uh, who goes by the name of uh, Cortez Masto. Uh, she's a female Hispanic, uh, the first Hispanic uh, to be elected as senator from New Mexico. Nevada. No, from Nevada. From mm -hmm. Nevada. And so uh, she's kind of in a dogfight. She's got a, uh, a guy named Lax, uh, Laxite. Laxalt. Laxalt. Yeah, okay. whose daddy used to be used, the senator. He used to be a senator. So when you got that, you got two things going on. You got, like, in politics, we always stay 
we don't believe in in, in hereditary rights. See, see, you got me going down. Yeah, see, right. I, I, I I got degrees too, man. Yeah, I know. You ain't the only one. I know. I come up with your law degree and everything, making yeah. me feel inferior. You know. I, but, but you know what? But 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 back to the deal. What? When what? SMU gets a vice president and a Supreme Court justice, then. I'll probably recognize There you go. Okay, all right. There you go. There you go. But that's out, though, man, you know. So people actually voting for him because of something his daddy did, too. And the fact he's uh, with Trump. Yeah, he's with Trump. And he's, right now, based on the polling, uh, and this is the polling average, he's about .7 up. 0.7. We got a good good chance on it. Yeah, but we still got a chance with respect to that one. We right. got to just uh, we just need to hold it. Though. Right, because you got to remember, we still got thirty days before the, before the election. We need to hold it. We yeah, yeah, we got to hold that. Now I have seen two polls that came out. One from late September uh, from CNN that showed Cortez Masto is being point three up, and then we had another one that came out from USA Today uh, on the seventh of October that showed her up by two points. So it's not a lost cause. So if somebody wanted to say, hey, look. You know, I want to I want to give some money out there. If they said that, hey, look, I want to do some phone banking or something right there, that would be something that would be advantageous that we might be able to pull out. Uh, we've got a sister running in North Carolina. In North Carolina. North Carolina. And you know what, man? North Carolina always pains me because it always looked like it could go the right way. And then, you know, it's like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I always act like they about to do Oh, no, no, and then, no. And then they just disappoint no, you. You done done it now, man. <laughs> you done done Don't you say nothing bad about the Dallas Cowboys. I just lose it. Dude, I just pointed out. I just out, lose I just it. pointed out the factual basis. I just lose it when you say something bad about the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you know what I've been saying for the last five years? What's that? That if your wife disappointed you only half as much as the Cowboys... You would have divorced her by now. Your wife looking at this? Yeah. Can you get in the house later on after this show's over? Will you let me know? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what else we got? So, But in North Carolina, we have a sister that's running named uh, Beasley. Okay. I'm going to look she her is, up right she now. She is a former uh, Supreme Court justice in North Carolina. The seat that's, that, that they're running for is an open seat. It was a Republican seat. Uh, she's making a pretty good show down there. She's about two points down, right? But, right, uh, she's had a string of polls that showed that they were even. She's had a few that have shown that she was up, you know, by a point or two. So that's one that, uh, you know, but, you know, like I said, North Carolina has kind of disappointed me so many times, you know, just just kind of watching you you think it might do the right thing but you know it, it may not but we need to we need to give it a shot you so know, out in arizona you know the uh you know that's you know the arizona races are really crucial i think and they're crucial not only for the u.s senate but i think that the governor's race is crucial in arizona for not only arizona but for the whole country because they've got this Republican out there who's running for governor on the uh, the Republican side named Carrie Lake. Oh, that's the, yeah. Man, this woman is back crazy. You know, she swears that, you know. That, we got one more minute. We're going to okay, go Okay, she swears that. that Trump, you know, she's, she's all 100% in with respect to this election denial thing. 
And just think, if she's able to win out there, what do we talk about with those moms of liberty? They get they, they, they get a what? They get a victory here, and then they start doing what? Start trying to use that as momentum. So, you know, that's a race there that, uh, that, that that's, I mean, it's right now, it's showing that uh, Kelly, uh, in the Arizona race, that's showing that uh, the U.S. Senator is up. But in the Cary Lake, yes, it's almost an even race for the governor. Okay. So that's something I think that we really need to try to support, even though it's not going to really do anything for us individually sitting here in Texas. But it will do something for maintaining our democracy and maybe this country. All right. So as we get ready to go to a close, Gabe's looking over at me because he's looking at the clock and everything. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, Legal Standpoint with Michael J. Todd. You know, G. Michael J. Todd. J. Todd. Yeah, correct. I know. That's I, I That's just correct. said G because, like, G. I mean, like, oh, oh, G. Okay. okay. All right. I you know what? You know what? There's a little tension in here today, man. I don't we, know, man. We, we usually just kind of, you know, we're good. 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 we are good we are and also uh, Barbara Ward, who's commented on a lot of stuff as well. And, uh, hey, I uh, want you guys to continue to do that as we are able to get this out. We have 119 shares, so we want to make oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I want to I want to say thank you to Patricia Lewis for watching. Okay. Well, you go. You're doing shout-outs now. Okay. Okay. And, okay. Uh, yep. My man, Brian Fuellen from uh, Fuellen's International. All right. Okay. Uh, his father runs Food Ellen International. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so I, we're real happy to see everybody. Okay, so that's what we got going on with that. So we are able to go ahead and make sure that we are uh, on next. Well, we, we got well, how many more shows before the end of the year is out? We've got two, huh? Two more. Two more. And the thing is, is this. By the time we come back next next time, the elections that we're talking about today will be will have been over with. So we can talk about, hey, what's the state of our democracy at that point? Okay. Well, hopefully we'll still have one. And hopefully they'll invite us back to be next, uh, well, here next week. Uh, so thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys next next month here because we will give you a election recap on what happened. We want to give you this election preview, and now we're going to go with the election recap next month. All right. Thank you, man. All right. I'm Pastor Freddie Haynes. I listen to the Commish Show on the Fishbowl for my social activism information so I can be a better agitator. Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's, located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commish Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the Commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network.